Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today, I guess it's just Brandon, because we're on Season 2, Episode 1, and I don't have anything fun to say. How you doing, yeah, Brandon? I'm, I'm nothing. Hey, Cortland. Uh, you're just boring old Brandon today. <laughs> Man, we're on Season 2. It's been, thir- yeah. well, like 14, 15-ish weeks since we started. How exciting. It feels like forever. It does. And at the same time, it feels like we've gone through this really quickly. Yeah, doesn't it? It's weird how that happens. In like fucking two years, we're going to be like, can't believe we're already done with seven seasons and a a mini episode thing that they're <sighs> shooting right now, actually. We'll be doing five other podcasts by then, surely. <laughs> we're going to be so popular. Yeah, they're doing that um, the reboot right now. They're shooting it. Yeah, it's exciting. I want to see what what they can do with today's, uh, you know, effects and. I'm just kind of worried. Details. I don't really care. Like I, I appreciate um, computer generated graphics and stuff, but there's nothing better than just practical effects. Yeah, I just really appreciate practical effects, and I feel like in, it's a lot cheaper just to do them digitally. And if they're gonna do it for a kids show, why bother with? Yeah, budget and stuff. Yeah. I'm not really a fan of overly CG everything, but I think production in general is just of a higher quality in television than it was back in the day. If we're going to get some CG bullshit like we got in this episode, <laughs> then <sighs> anything will be better than that. So, yeah. yeah. I, they hear they're also make, like making a movie as well. Are you afraid of the dark movie? I'm not sure what's going on with it. Honestly, Me I don't either. I don't know if they're doing a movie right now or a miniseries. I think it's a miniseries. Yeah, they're um, definitely doing the miniseries. I mean, in addition to that, I would love that. They are like, I mean, Nickelodeon has kind of realized that nostalgia is all that in a bag of chips for people our age. So they already brought back all that. Yeah, I literally couldn't name a single show on Nickelodeon right now, but. I mean, people still like oh, Rugrats and Doug and... Yeah, you mean like what they're currently Brandon playing? and Stimpy and... Yeah. What the hell is Nickelodeon doing these days? Well, they already brought back Double Dare, too. And Mark Summers is on it. He's not the host, though. But well, what the hell does he do, then? Uh, I think he announces the prizes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Mark Summers is rich, though, man. He's got... He produces, like, pretty much every show on the Food Network... That guy's yeah, got Mark made. Summers fucking gets his. Yeah, he does. He fucking climbed in that mouth with the slime and the goo. Yeah. Grabbed those dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, he did. After that one time he made the VHS about the like how to beat the fucking obstacle course or whatever. He sold so well, he just bought Food Network and everything just fell into place after that. And now he talks on Double Dare. <laughs> Again, you are going to have to edit a lot of this. Why? Because we're talking about nonsense. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's the most relatable thing to the podcast, right? We're talking about Nickelodeon. I guess. So, did you do anything fun this week? Not really. You know, it was a uh, Fourth of July. Yeah, but you guys this don't. Week. You guys don't do anything, right? I mean, your family, I'm sure, does, but nobody else does. We usually do, but not this year. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's no fun. No, it was nothing. Yeah, there's not not a surprising amount of uh, 4th of July spirit here in Australia. 
Yeah, I like to assume, because I know you guys celebrate, like, Australia, and I know Halloween is, like, just getting going over there, but I like to imagine, like, you guys are having this beautiful, like, spread and stuff in a park with just American flags everywhere, and everybody's just walking around, like, looking at you, like, the fuck? Yeah. Fuck off, mate. Yeah, exactly. Fucking Yankees. Is that what they call them? Yankees or Yankers? Yanks. Fucking Yanks. (laughs) So yesterday was the 4th of July. I don't really care for the 4th of July that much, though. No? I'm not a big fan of fireworks. I know there's, no. like, you know, more to it than just fireworks or whatever, but not a big fan of fireworks. Here's the thing I like about the 4th of July. I like bratwurst. And I mm. never eat bratwurst any other time of the year, even though I could get it whenever I wanted. It is yeah. associated in my brain. <laughs> That you eat bratwurst on the 4th of July, and that's it. Yeah. And I love those fucking things. Well, how much are bratwursts in Australia? Like $100 a, a link? Yeah, I don't know. Like two kangaroos and a fucking <laughs> boomerang. Yeah, you gotta like trade your firstborn child for a bratwurst. Yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> we didn't have bratwurst either. You know what I made? What? My, my wife wanted orange chicken. So it took me like fucking two hours, but I made orange chicken with some vegetables and like some fucking rice and some noodles and some crab cheese. And it was ridiculous and it took way too long. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. Was it two hours good? No, it was kind (laughs) of, you ever had Panda Express? Yeah. It was kind of like Panda Express, but just like a little bit like a cheap knockoff of it. Which is really annoying because I could have gotten Panda Express like instantly versus two hours of fucking frying goddamn chicken. Yeah, I could see that. (laughs) That would be annoying. Yeah. But other than that, it was was good. I had this whole week off of work, so I got kind of caught up with editing. So that was cool. Yeah. But other than that, I haven't done anything. We need to do more exciting things. It's really difficult. The start of season two. Yeah. And we need to have cool-ass things to talk about. Oh, like yesterday I went skydiving? Yeah. Next week I'm going fucking base jumping. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I just uh, went base jumping this week. Yeah, just, uh, you know, parachute didn't open. Crashed into the ground. Whatever. No big thing. <laughs> um, I'm okay with being boring. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so besides you and like my wife and son, I don't really have any friends. So I don't have to worry about hanging out with people. And yeah, doesn't doesn't. Uh, I'm okay with way. that. I mean, I'm 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 out of the. Not that I was ever in a phase of it, but like I don't go out drinking and shit like that. That's not not what I do. So I'm okay with having my excitement for the week being this fucking podcast. Yeah, I mean, between working fucking forty to fifty hours a week, uh, working on this podcast for like at least ten hours a week. You know, I'm pretty booked anyway, so. Yeah. Barely. Oh, we did buy Super Mario Maker, though. Super Mario yeah, Maker 2. Yeah, me too. I haven't made any levels yet because I don't have a stylus, but. I haven't made any levels because I'm not creative. Yeah, you are. Remember that time we played Mega Man Powered Up? That was a pretty dope maze I made. Yeah. I'm still upset that they didn't make Powered Up 2. Well, anyway, Brandon, we've been we've been scatting for like 10 minutes now. 
You want to get into this episode? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So, we just got done watching um, Season 2, Episode 1, The Tale of the Final Wish. I thought this episode was all right. What did you think about it? I thought this episode was good. Yeah. I liked it. I felt like it was a 50-50 chance you were going to say you either loved it or you thought it was annoying. Hmm. (laughs) Well, I'd say, based on the rankings right now, this is in the lead for Season 2. Yeah, you're right. It's probably the best we've seen so far of Season 2. It's also the worst episode I've seen of the season. (laughs) It was the best of episodes. It was the worst of episodes. (laughs) Yeah, I... um... I watched. Well, my wife actually watched it with me. Ooh, she did like she kind like of. Be- I feel like she begrudgingly watched it with me. Um, <laughs> did but, she end up regretting it? I don't think so. But I was like, "Cool, do you want to watch some more with me?" And she was like, uh, "When are we gonna have time to watch this?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." Because <laughs> because I don't really get to see my wife that often. You know, I work second shift. She works first shift. She's at work right now. And by the time I go into work, she's still at work and then comes home later. And when I come home, she's sleeping. So the only Mm -hmm. time I really get to see her is like on the weekends. So she's like, yeah, we don't have time to watch that together. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. I think this should be a top priority. Yeah, me too. So I thought this episode was all right. It's probably so the episode um, is told by Kristen and I think it's Kristen's best episode so far. Yeah, I'd say by far, but, you know, Prom Queen was pretty good. I'm just really, really thinking about it in the Hungry Hounds scale of things. Prom Queen was better than Hungry Hounds, but I think this one just takes a cake. Yeah. For now, we'll see what other horrible story, like, what other nonsense Kristen could give us this, this season. So the episode begins with Kristen reading from a book entitled Fairy Tales. <laughs> just generic fairy tales. Why is she reading fairy tales? Know your audience, Kristen. You're all there to hear spooky stories. Ain't nobody want to hear about no fucking unicorns fighting giants. Well, (laughs) at least the story that she's talking about has something to do with, like, cutting off the heads of some children or something and then smearing their blood to give them life again. I didn't really know what she was saying, but that's what I got out of it. I don't know. All those old fairy tales are just kids getting killed. Pretty much. Which, you know, is actually scarier than some of the stories they tell around this campfire. Yeah, you're right. I feel like parents should be telling kids scary stories about how fucking don't go to the mall alone when you're four years old or else you're going to get abducted and stuff like that, you know? I mean, yeah. It worked back then. That's why we're all here today. So David tells her that that's disgusting. And uh, here we can see the effects of time on our Midnight Society group. And it's like, a whole new season, a whole new David. He looks a bit older. Yeah, I actually like had to look it up and be see if that was the same actor because he looked different. Yeah, his hair looks way cooler this season. I think, at least so far, he's still got time to fuck it up. I'm sure he will. Uh, Kristen is dressed in this odd, like German-looking outfit. How many weird clothes does she have? So many. She just goes up in her attic, like in Hungry Hounds, and she's just, just got a big trunk full of dumb like the way gary gets his stories is from the magic shop or whatever the hell his dad owns right do you think Kristen just has like a big trunk of old clothes and she pulls one out and she's like hmm, what story could i make about this dress 
<laughs> maybe like her parents own uh, some sort of like theater group or something and they just have a bunch of props yeah she does love props she sure does so she's got this weird ass dress on so which means she's going to be the one that tells the story and um you know when we heard the tale of the final wish i thought it was going to be betty ann because it sounded kind of betty annie to me but yeah. nope it's Kristen. so from the path behind them comes frank who walks up to Kristen. He looks at her book and says, fairy tales. That shit's weak, Kristen. Yeah, fucking weak. <laughs> Kristen starts to tell Frank that he's an idiot and that the real fairy tales are the bomb, while Betty Ann and Gary make their way down the path in the background. David adds in that these stories aren't aren't the wimpy versions, but the originals. And Kristen asks yeah, Frank if David, he's ever read them. David just sticking up for Kristen. So- He's like, bad this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's really like all up in her shit. Like, oh guys, Kristen's the best. Her stories are the best. Her dress is the best. <laughs> Fail tales are the best. You guys aren't aren't they, Kristen? Kristen, aren't they the best? Me and Kristen love it. these. Oh my god. <laughs> Me and Kristen are like twinsies. Like, <laughs> fucking give it up. Yeah, he's so bad at this episode. She's not wearing your necklace or whatever. He's in like his uh, fucking lederhosen German garb as well. Like, aren't we twinsies, Kristen? Oh my god, we didn't plan this. Like, uh... (laughs) Uh, So, Kristen asks Frank if he's ever read them, and he he says, no, can't say that I have. Did you notice Frank's bomb-ass American flag jacket? No, I didn't. Very in season right now. But him and Kiki, they don't look like they aged as much as as Gary and David. And even Betty Ann looks older, too. Yeah. So I I didn't really focus on it. Is that the same actress? (laughs) Yeah, that one's the same actress, too. Gary, like, you ain't gonna confuse Gary for somebody else. I was like, yeah, that's Gary. Yeah, but the only person that wasn't there was Eric, and they don't make a single mention of him in the episode at all. Pour one out for Eric. Yeah, right. I mean, we talked about that. He is the obvious choice to get cut. Seven's Midnight Society members is kind of a lot, and he has the same personality as Frank and Kiki, but he's just less diverse, I guess. We don't need three people saying, you're shit everything shit i'm the best yeah but as much as i talked shit about eric all season like you know it is kind of sad that he's not there like i said last season like i had grown attached to these characters i was used to them all being there and yeah eric not being there is it's weird even though he uh fucking sucks so gary pipes up and he says, well, I have, you know, read the stories. He says they're full of stabbings and demons and, and man-eating animals and cutting off limbs and whatnot. Just cool stuff. And Frank looks a touch disgusted, but Betty Ann sits down and says, my favorite is the one where the old woman kidnaps the prince and puts blood on the queen's mouth while she sleeps to make the king think she ate him. I have no idea Which what story that? that is. Do you? Yeah, right. No. It must be a Canadian classic or something, because I ain't never heard of that. 
I mean, it must have been adapted into a Disney movie at some point. Yeah, you know what? My knowledge of fairy tales is basically just Disney, so... Yeah. Disney and also Hansel and Gretel, because everybody knows that one. David thinks it sounds disgusting, (laughs) yet he also loves it. And Frank doesn't buy that shit for a dollar. He says a kitty story is a kitty story, no matter no matter how you cut it. Kiki comes out of nowhere to give Kristen some shit, saying, Oh man, you're not gonna tell some tired old fairy tale, are you? And Kristen says, Not exactly. The story I'm gonna tell is about a girl who loved fairy tales. She had a huge collection and she knew most of them by heart. The trouble was she spent so much time thinking about the world of make believe that she started to forget the difference between reality and and imagination which um doesn't really happen but eh, whatever no but also like don't give away the whole plot to your story Kristen. (laughs) just say it's a it's about a girl who likes fairy tales and then get on with it i mean even with what she just said it has nothing to do with the story no they always say really like vague things like oh be careful what you bargained for because you wish might just monster get it and it's like doesn't (laughs) they just say a bunch of vague ominous things and then and then we get the story and it's like wait a second i wouldn't notice it unless i meticulously went through this episode but Kristen lied (laughs) we get shown the kids faces and they all look they all look intrigued i suppose they always do yeah except for the Except for like, that prom queen This is their weekly they entertainment. They <laughs> show up and they're like, they want to hear a story. Yeah, you're, that's, you're right. Kristen continues saying, and when you do that, a fairy tale can soon become a scary tale. Lame. <laughs> and I was like, I said, in my notes, tale. I said, boo. Fuck off. <laughs> I was like, ugh, come on, Kristen. That was lame as fucking shit. <laughs> I I can bet she was sitting at home, like, getting dressed, and then she's like, oh, I'm going to say scary tale. And <sighs> thought it was so great. She was going to so scare dumb. everyone out of their little booties, and it was going to be a big hit. It's the worst. No. I, I was... Uh, I was audibly upset when she said that. I was like, yeah. don't do it, Kristen. No, she did it. <laughs> Even David would be like, ugh. Nope. David's like, yeah, you get it, girl. Because yeah. then he hands like, Kristen oh, the monkey ball powder. Oh, scary tale, guys. Like fairy, but spooky. <laughs> Good one, Chris. David is into that shit because then he hands Kristen the monkey bone powder and she begins the tale of <laughs> the final Let me do it wish. for you, Kristen. I can do it. <laughs> He, don't don't you trouble your little self. <laughs> he purposely hid that bag of monkey bone powder behind him so that he could hand it to her. <laughs> the story starts immediately with this fairy tale looking woman with an apple in her hands. So it must be like the evil queen from Snow White. Mm-hmm. And she's tempting the camera with a taste of her apple. <laughs> she's she's like, This apple is so pretty. Which uh I was like, Yeah, yeah, I guess it's pretty cute. Sure. I mean, it's an apple. Right? She tells us we got to take a bite, and if we don't, and then she spins around and she turns into an evil version of herself. Her white clothes turn black, and her makeup looks like it got shotgun blasted onto her face. <laughs> she says, force you to eat it! And then she laughs in her hand. Did you notice her hand? It was like, it was like wiggling for some reason. Yeah, it was a bit weird. It was, yeah, it was weird. 
The next scene, our main hero wakes up from her dream, which is what we just seen. And she's in her bed, and she apparently fell asleep reading Snow White. So she sets the book down and reaches for her glass of water, but there's no water in there. So now she has to get up, but she gets scared because she just has this fear of something being under her bed. That's what happens in Snow White. Yeah, right? Let me ask you. Sure. If you read a story before you go to bed or watch a movie, do you dream about it? Mm, the only time I can... No. No, not at all. Yeah, me either. My dreams are just pure nonsense. Yeah, right? I think that would be fucking cool if I had, like, Star Wars dreams or Spider-Man dreams or whatever, but... No, it's like walking in marshmallows and flip-flops. <laughs> I don't know. I think you told me a while ago that you usually don't even remember your dreams, do you? No, but I remember them as soon as I wake up, but they're gone instantly. But I I know, I remember enough to know that they're nonsense. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I can't say that I've ever had, um, like, when Harry Potter books used to come out, I would get those and I would, like, like, read them all fucking night. And even then, I don't think I ever had a Harry Potter dream in my whole life, so... No, I can't say that I have. So, luckily she has a baseball bat right next to her bed. So she grabs oh, it, man. and she hops off her bed to confront whatever monster might be lurking under there. Yeah, she is ready to fuck something up. <laughs> yeah, she's got she a bat next to her bed. Like, yeah, she's fucking she's ready prepared. to go. She lifts her bedding, and there's, of course, nothing under there. So she tells herself she's got to grow up. And, uh, well, she says, Jill, you got to grow up. So her name's Jill. And she walks back into her room after getting her water. She places it on her little nightstand and then gets worried about something being under her bed again. And she's about to grab her bat, but then she laughs to herself. She says, that's stupid. There's nothing under there. She sits on her bed and then the camera scrolls down. Two hands pop out and they grab her ankles. Jill screams and she runs out of her room. The music gets really dramatic Yeah. while she's... Like, getting ready to check if anything's under her bed. And it happens twice. So, she... Mm -hmm. The music's like... And she goes and looks under her bed. And then she leaves and comes back. And it's like the exact same scene over again. <laughs> it, She looks under her bed, like, spoilers, like, a hundred fucking times in this episode. So... Yeah. If you don't, if you don't like 13-year-old girls looking under their bed, I don't know if this episode's gonna be for you. I mean, I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> she bursts into her parents' room and starts shaking her dad awake, and she's screaming about how something's under her bed, and it grabbed her. And mom tells her, oh, Jill, not again. And her father tries to tell Jill it was just a dream, but Jill's not having any of that. She grabs her dad's hand and yanks him as hard as she can, saying, No, it wasn't! Yeah, the dad is clearly sick of all this shit. Well, yeah... So they finally get out of bed and into a room where she says, I sat on the bed and these green nasty looking scaly hands reached out and tried to pull me under. It's exactly like when Andy yeah. got his mom to come down in the basement and he was like, oh, and then there was wet fangs and it was gleamy. <laughs> like That's just what embellishing what happened. That's exactly what I thought too. <laughs> so her parents look at her like she's stupid. But she says, she isn't kidding, look. And she pushes her dad over to her bed. And her dad looks under the bed and just in a horribly mean gesture, acts like he's getting pulled under, grabs a 
plate with some food on it, and he laughs, saying, didn't we have this last week? And her mom laughs at her, too, and, and Joe gets really upset about her and is like, don't make fun of me. Well, don't leave plates under your bed. <laughs> God damn. Um, out of the hallway walks Jill's sleepy brother, John, who wants to know what's going on. Mom says Jill was having a nightmare, to which Jill says, well, it wasn't a nightmare, there's something under there. And Dad walks over and says, look, we all have nightmares, you just you just can't take them so seriously. And then Mom, instead of like apologizing to her daughter, tells her to go back to bed. And John stays behind, and he smiles at his little sister and says, gotcha. And Jill gets really pissed about this, and she's like, it was you? And then she starts screaming for her mom, but John grabs her and shuts the door, saying, come on, don't be such a snitch. Jill gets even more pissed, and she backs up from John, saying, I hate you. Why do you do that? John responds by saying, I thought you wanted to find something under the bed. You're always looking. She gets fucking mad in this episode. Like, she she is screaming. She is saying she hates everyone. Like, she's very emotional about this. And uh, I mean, I kind of get it. Her family doesn't really seem that supportive. Her brother is just an asshole the whole time. Okay. Uh, her dad seems over her shit. I'm totally on Jill's side. This family hates Jill. They fucking hate her. Everybody yeah, hates her. Everybody we see in this episode, besides maybe one kid, they hate this girl. Yeah. For no fucking reason. No reason at all. She's just being a 13-year-old girl. I actually think that Jill may be my favorite protagonist in this series so far. Really? Wow. Yeah, I think so. I just, I feel terrible for her because she's just trying to be a normal, like, fairly normal 13-year-old girl. She likes fairy tales. So fucking what? It's like the early 90s. What what are you supposed to like? And everybody in this entire, in her whole world just gives her shit. Everybody's mean to her. Every single person. It's insane. Yeah, you're right. Everybody hates her. Her her parents hate her. They're tired of her goddamn shit. Her brother just torments her. Her friends are the worst. And then the villain of the story is an asshole. Everybody yeah. hates her. And I felt so bad for this little Everybody girl. Everybody against Jill. Yeah. Yeah, so she's sitting there screaming at her brother, saying about how much she hates her, and tells John to grow up. And John's like, well, you're the one that's 13 years old and you still live in a fairy princess land. Uh, listen to the radio or go to a concert or something. Stop being a kid and maybe we won't be scared of the boogeyman under your bed. And cuts over to Jill and she looks pretty pissed about it. But she kind of like starts to think about what he's saying. And then John sarcastically says, sweet dreams. And Jill runs up and slams the door closed behind her. Were you going out to concerts when you were 13? No, I've never been to a concert. I still haven't. There's nobody that I would want to pay money to go see, I guess. And I don't really like loud music anyway. I would have wanted to see Daft Punk yeah, in concert too. and David Bowie, but he's dead, so. Yeah. Um, Who would I want to go see? I would go see Tears for Fears, I think. Would you go see Pink? No. Matchbox 20? Is that the one with Rob Thomas or the one with Adam Levine? Rob Thomas. I'd go see that, yeah. Maroon 5? No. <laughs> Lionel Richie? Ooh. Maybe. <laughs> All right. I'm just like naming musical acts. <laughs> There's no rhyme What's or reason next? to any of this. Would you go see the Wiggles? 
I'd go see the Wiggles. Shit. I wouldn't. Well, not the current <laughs> Wiggles. I'd want to go see the real Wiggles. So the scene changes to some Home Alone looking shit where the parents and, and John are all just like in a hurry in front of like a staircase. In front of the fucking grand staircase from the Titanic. I know. Like, Jesus Christ, these people are fucking loaded. Well, I mean, did you see what, like, they're both in, like, these business suits and stuff, so so they have to have, like, good job. I mean, I guess they don't have to, but they probably have pretty good jobs. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have thought they were so rich from Jill's room. Like, she's got a big canopy princess bed, but, <laughs> like, you know, she doesn't have a fountain in her room or whatever, but, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't even rich. have a chocolate fountain. So John's like hurrying up to get out this door um, to get on with their day. And mom starts yelling up to Jill to hurry it up, followed almost immediately by dad screaming up the stairs at Jill saying, don't do this again. And then he runs away. Upstairs, Jill is in the bathroom and uh, she screams, I'm coming as she looks at herself in the mirror with a big old blossom styled hat on. Just give her a fucking break. She's got to get her side ponytail just perfect. She does. She's 13 years old. You guys should expect this. Like, this is a stereotype of fucking teenage girls. Like, it happens. You got a giant fancy house and you only got one bathroom. Uh, fuck you. We get Kristen's voiceover saying Jill was having a rough time, which we can see as she's struggling to find the perfect hairstyle to wear. Um, she next tries putting a clip in and she doesn't like it. Kristen continues saying everyone was telling her to grow up and act your age. But she didn't know how to grow up any faster. She wasn't exactly sure how kids her age are supposed to act. And then Jill combs her hair. And she looks in the mirror in disgust. And she says, yuck. Back downstairs, John says, I can't wait. Adios. And mom is doing up her scarf and yelling upstairs. She isn't going to call up there again. And dad walks by declaring he's late. Mom complains to him, asking why Jill always does this shit. Dad tells mom that if Jill misses the bus again, that it's her turn to drive her. And then he smooches her wife, smooches his wife on the cheek, and he leaves. I'm sure they can get the chauffeur to take her. They could just slip the the bus driver a 20 and then be fine. (laughs) Clearly, they have the money. They have that grand staircase. Just get Jeeves to take the Benz, get her (laughs) to school. Drop her yeah. off, put the red carpet down. <laughs> so right after mom gets smooched on the cheek, she yells back up the stairs for Jill, even though she just said she wasn't going to do that again. But back upstairs, Jill has her hair in a sweet ponytail, and she checks her teeth before walking downstairs. So she starts walking down these stairs, and she says she's coming again, uh, but she looks down, and mom looks really pissed as hell. And then mom says, why do you do this? All I ask is that you get up and you get out the door on time. Now I'm going to be late again because I got to drive you to school. Jill tells her sorry, but mom says, don't ignore me. You're going to have to learn some responsibility. Other people live in this house and we're tired of putting up with your childishness. And at this point, I'm just like, holy shit, this family hates her. They hate this poor little girl. Yeah, they're like, what? You want to look nice to go to school? Fuck you. This is a big deal for a 13-year-old. She's got to look nice for her middle school. Or else she's going to get torn apart. She gets torn apart anyway. She, she does, yeah. And I don't... I mean, I think her side ponytail looks pretty cool, so... I wish more people yeah. would wear side ponytails. She's got style. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
The scene switches over and we're at the school library now. Jill's looking through some books and she picks up The Sandman and Other Tales. And Kristen gives us another voiceover saying, Jill kind of understood why her family was giving her grief. But her friends weren't helping much either. And, and Jill starts to read the book. But then we're zipped over to her alleged friends who are staring mm-hmm. at a boy and sighing and saying, He's so fine. <sighs> then the other one says, I'd talk to him, but I'd probably drool or something. Ugh. And Jill walks over. And she says, aren't you guys being kind of obvious since they're they're just staring at this boy? They are leering at him. Yeah. And her one friend says, we're just looking. And I'm like, as opposed to what? Like, like touching him? <laughs> yeah. That's not an like excuse. Like climbing him? <laughs> yeah. Jill agrees saying, yeah, like a couple silly gooses. And she shakes her pencil at them and walks away. I would have said, um, the plural of gooses is geese, Jill. <laughs> Get a fucking clue. Oh, shut up, Brandy. You silly goose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just goofing. <laughs> her friends look at each other and they start ripping into Jill, making fun of how only old people say silly goose. Uh, why do they even, like... Do they even hang out with Jill? Because she didn't change overnight. This is her. Yeah. (laughs) Kristen says or implies that these are her friends. And Jill goes and talks to them. But these girls fucking hate her. Yes. Yeah. People don't... People's personalities and likes and interests and stuff, they don't change overnight. So these girls know what they're getting into if they're going to hang out with Jill. So... Why today are they ripping into her? This isn't a case of one of those things where it's like you have one of those friends where it's like, you know, they're you kind of make fun of them or whatever, but they're still your friend and they hang out with you. Like, no, they they fucking hate her. Yeah, they do. They're like, who is this stupid motherfucker who (laughs) reads fairy tales and (laughs) plays with troll dolls? Fucking loser. Yeah, they are terrible to Jill. Jill walks by the guy that her friends were obsessing over, and he turns turns and looks at Jill. I mean, it can only be described as checking her out, right? I like, guess. Like, he looks her up and down a, a little bit. And this, of course, pisses off her friends. And they're like, did you see that? He checked her out. Did he check her out? And the other friend's like, no way. He wouldn't check out a geek. Then they open up Jill's backpack, and they start pulling out her books. Which are all fairy tales, like like Mother Goose and shit. And they're like, what is this? Is she a baby or something? And then, but fuck, but Jill's back on her back on her way back. And so they stuff her books in her backpack before she notices. And before Jill can even sit down, one of the girls yells at Jill for trying to steal her man. Jeez. Jill's like, I, I didn't do anything. and, and She walked. <laughs> she's like, I was just sharpening my pencil. And the other friend's like, yeah, right. And then the two girls start to panic because the kid that they were staring at is just coming towards them. Did you catch the guy's name? I don't think I did. No. Uh, He's they just say some later. fake-ass Bostic-looking guy, except <laughs> not nearly as cool. Like, when you see Bostic, you're like, yeah, I could see how he's the Bostic of this school. This guy? <laughs> he's just some dude with a backwards hat. Like, he's not cool. Nah, he's not. <laughs> 
So the kid sits down next to Jill and asks her if she has the reading assignment that they got assigned. And she's like, sure. And she pulls it out. And the two horrible friends decide to open up Jill's backpack and pull out her fairy tale books and attempt to embarrass her. And the guy's like, oh, you're reading these? And Jill's like, uh, I, have to, I have to do a book report. And then one of her friends pulls out a troll doll and waves it around for just maximum embarrassment. As the other friend says, a book report on what? Humpty Dumpty. And the guy grabs the troll doll and says, <laughs> and says, hey, I used to play with these when I was a kid. Jill starts to grab her shit because she's clearly, you know, uncomfortable and she wants to get out of the situation. Mm-hmm. But her friend's like, oh, Jill plays with these now. And the guy's like, really? And then Jill gets up to get out of there and her friends call out to her saying she forgot her doll. Yeah. Terrible. I would have thought this guy was cool if he was like, really? I do too. Yeah. Or and her friends would have been fucking roasted. Being a catty person to your friend is not a desired personality trait that somebody's going to look into and be like, oh, yeah, I want to date you. These uh, girls suck. They're they not do. cool. They're not her friends. Yeah. They're the worst. They're the worst friends ever. They are the douchebag friends. Yeah. They're horrible. I, I, I put friends in quotation marks. They're I do in friends. my notes, actually. <laughs> Every <laughs> time... Every time that says friends, it's in quotation marks. The scene switches back to Jill getting ready for bed. And Kristen tells us that Jill knew she was being childish. But there was something inside of her that didn't want to give up the world of fairy tales. And Jill's looking at this like figurine kind of thing. It kind of reminded me of like a goblin or something. I don't know. But Kristen continues saying that because in all the stories, no matter how bad things got, everyone always lived happily ever after, and the princess always got the prince. Um, she doesn't really make any indication that she thinks that these are real life, though. No. Like, she's not delusional. She... Yeah. It keeps alluding to the fact that, oh, she doesn't, she can't understand the difference between reality and make-believe, but she doesn't ever show us that. Yeah, like she is scared that things are under the bed, but it's because she has bad dreams and stuff all the time. Yeah, we just watched a few weeks ago The Tale of the Dark Music where Andy was scared to go in the basement. So what's the difference between her being scared of what's under the bed? Like, who cares? Let her be a fucking kid. If she wants to be a a kid, just let her. Don't be an asshole to her. But everybody is. Okay, sorry. Stop it, Brandon. So now Jill's sleeping and she has a dream of that kid from school waking her up with a smooch. But she wakes up and it's her brother and just a scary Halloween mask. And she screams real loud and asks why he did that. And he says, I got this mask for Halloween and wanted to show you. She's like, no, you didn't. You wanted to scare me. And he tries to deny it, but she screams that she hates him and she hates everybody. And and she should because his family just hates her back. What a mean thing for that brother to do. Yeah, it's he just won't fucking stop. He should be happy that he didn't get fucking beaned in the head with that bat. Yeah, she's got weapons next to her bed to (laughs) murder anyone who happens to be under her bed or trying to scare her. Like, that's how you get killed, bro. It is. Yeah, you can't do that shit. 
So John leaves the room and she slams the door shut. And it's really weird because he's acting like he wasn't in the wrong. Like, he's such a total dick. I mean, he's been in the wrong this whole episode. He didn't have to go under her bed and grab her legs when he knows that she checks because she's scared. Yeah, he does something mean to his sister and acts like it's her fault that she got upset. It's stupid. Jill grabs the Sandman book and she walks over to her window. She sits down and she stares at the stars and she says, What's so wrong about wanting to live in a world where dreams come true and you wish on a star? I wish I could. I wish everybody would just leave me alone. And then Jill gets up and she puts the book back down where it was and she goes back to sleep. And then Jiminy Cricket shows up and sings <laughs> Wish Upon a Star. Yep, the blue fairy pops out of nowhere. Bippity-boppity-boo. <laughs> Some unknown amount of time passes, but I guess it's still on the same night. It's just, like, darker in her room. And she's got this metronome in her room, for, and for whatever reason, it just starts moving by itself. And Jill wakes up because that shit is loud. Yeah, that would be a shitty way to wake up. If my metronome started, I'd be like, what the fuck? I'd grab that bat. Why does she need a metronome? Eh, you know, I wondered that too, and I was going to put it in my notes. I'm just going to chalk it up to she's a musician too. No, she's not. She could be. (laughs) She doesn't have time for music. (laughs) That's the only thing that would make sense. I mean, I could, if you told me she was into baseball, I'd believe it because she's got that bat right there. But I didn't see an (laughs) instrument anywhere in her room no i didn't either so i don't know why she's got a metronome i don't even know if it was there before so i didn't pay attention so she wakes up because that shit's really loud and then she looks over her bed for a moment and then she rolls back over and her brother is just suddenly there which of course scares the shit out of her again and she says that's it i'm telling and she runs to the door but then she looks back and john is gone and she looks around for a, a moment before leaving her room anyway to go complain to her parents but they're not in their room either she calls downstairs for her parents but they don't seem to be down there so she just goes back upstairs and back into her own room and she calls out for john i wouldn't doubt if her parents just like left in the middle of the night and they were like oh we got rid of that jill girl we'll just start a new family start a new life in another town <laughs> we have to give up she this can beautiful have that house, mansion but it's worth it we'll just roam free in our mansion (laughs) (laughs) so something starts to move under the bed ruffles of jill's bed so she's like okay that's got to be john so she goes over there and she lifts up the ruffles and fucking bobcat pops out (laughs) what the fuck and he says hi there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man well, we we'd mentioned him yeah in a previous episode in the intro episode yeah i told you bobcat was going to be in in an episode <laughs> i had forgotten that <laughs> but as soon as he showed up in this i was like oh, we fucking talked about him which is weird because like i haven't thought about bobcat goldthwaite in like i don't know 20 years yes but yeah. what the f- like to have him just show up? Be like, hey there, hey little girl. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, he's know. cool though. I like him. I do too, but he's an asshole. I always in this did. <laughs> yeah, 
He's good at playing. So, <laughs> Jill understandably screams because Bobcat just popped out from under her fucking bed. And she tries to run away, but some sort of like vacuum force like slowly sucks it's Bobcat her. power, baby. <laughs> slowly sucks her under her bed. Like her arms are outstretched and she just slowly like screams and she's vacuum sucked under her bed and she's falling down this like rabbit hole looking thing from Alice in Wonderland and it's a horrible effect and she Mm -hmm. looks like she's got little baby arms like a T-Rex. I don't know what the hell they were going for with that vortex. I don't don't know. Did not look good. Uh Uh-uh. It's ridiculous. Just a a regular, like, spiral would have been way better. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Because this looks like shit. It's like this purpley vortex thing, and you got, like, a 2D image of of Jill falling down it, and her arms are still outstretched, but she looks like she's got little stubby T-Rex arms. It's hilarious. (laughs) And then we get a commercial break. (laughs) And back from break... Uh, Jill plops down on a mattress and there's the sound of a bunch of clocks ticking and she gets up and she looks around and you can see just a bunch of a bunch of giant cardboard heads all in a line. It's like the back of their heads. I don't I don't like it. I don't know why it's there. It looks stupid. Um, and then there's also some giant gears that are turning and just like pendulums or pendulums are swinging. And Jill starts walking around saying hello and she walks into a curtain door and there's just a bunch of clocks surrounding it and they're all at different times and inside the room Jill sees a bunch of people floating and they're sleeping and she tries to wake one up but they don't move and she tells herself she's got to be dreaming and she walks up by even more people floating and sleeping and she touches a few more of them before walking up to another door that has a big Z on it. Oh, and also the ground is just pure fog. Yeah, I thought the people floating would be her family and stuff, but it just seems to be random people. Yeah, right now it's just random people. I thought it was kind of, I like, I don't know how they did it. I mean, I guess it'd probably be like, you know, strings or whatever, but I thought the effect looked cool. Like they, like the girl's hair was is just flowing down. So it's like they aren't laying on something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think this whole scene, this whole time that she's in this new land, it looks pretty cool because she, it, it's very dreamlike. Yeah. I like it. I think, uh, like, it's pretty cool concept and a pretty good execution for, you know, a kid's show in the 90s. Yep, I agree. It's dreamy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it does a good job of being dreamy. <laughs> so dreamy. <laughs> um, plastic. <laughs> Jill opens up the Z door and the sound effects from Doom play where the imp throws fireballs at you. There's one part where Bobcat like turns around quickly and it plays as he turns around. Yeah. I do I, remember that. I yes. just laughed. I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> so there's a bunch of curtains that move aside for Jill and she finds herself in a room with a giant hourglass like the one from The Wizard of Oz and a big metronome. And there's some jars filled with sand, and they're labeled stuff like Deep Sleep, 40 Winks, Catnap, Snooze, and Out Like a Light. Yeah, looks like there's some kind of meth lab sort of <laughs> hippie 
drug stuff going on here. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> and Jill looks all that looks at all that stuff, and then she goes over to the hourglass, and she's about to touch it when Bobcat just appears out of nowhere and yells at her not to touch it, and that she'll ruin everything. And Jill asks who he is, and he's like, "Who do you think I am? Take a guess." Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm going to have to insist that you say it in Bobcat ah, voice. Damn it. Who do you think I am? Oh, I don't know if I could do it. Because <laughs> he kind of sounds like he's going to cry at any moment a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who do you think I am? <laughs> Take a guess. Uh, it's in the Bobcat voice. <laughs> Jill's like, hey, you're that guy under my bed. He says, that's it. <laughs> my entire persona described as that guy under my bed. <laughs> I think right. you can do a little better than that. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite Bobcat impersonator. Thank you so much for checking out our little podcast. We're on season two and so excited. We have a lot of new stuff planned for this season, starting with the Nightly Neighbors bonus episodes that started coming out Thursday of last week. Stay tuned this Thursday for the second part. We've created a Patreon for the show. If you'd like to donate to our cause and get sweet bonus content, such as unedited episodes and exclusive Patreon-only bonus episodes, check out patreon.com slash private island, or you can find a clickable link in the link tree in the episode description. Any and all donations made will go right back into the show to upgrade our audio equipment, uh, purchasing the Are You Afraid of the Dark books, funding giveaways, just all that kind of stuff. If you have yet to do so, be sure to stop into our Instagram page. Here we give a short little bio with pictures of all the characters of this and every other episode we cover. Brandon also makes fun and hilarious gifts each week, so check them out. That's at Private Island Presents. You can also follow us on Twitter at PRVT Island. Either place is fun. Drop by, say hi. I love talking with fans. Honestly, it's the best part of the hobby. You can also send us an email. That's at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. I would love to read those for the season finale for season two. If you have anything you want to talk to me about, just hit me up on the email. I check it every day. If you like the show, tell a friend. Because everyone wins when there's Are You Afraid of the Dark involved. As always, I would like to thank All Hail the Badger for his work on the music for this episode, aside from the theme you're listening to right right now, which is by Toby Fox. Another thank you to Brandon for his work on the artwork. He made us a new cover picture for Season 2, and it's incredible. So thanks again, everyone. I hope you're enjoying our show, and I'll talk to you in a week. Bye, guys. And Jill assumes that she's dreaming, but Bobcat says, You're halfway right. <laughs> this place is a dream, but uh, you're not dreaming. <laughs> and then he says a bunch of shit that we're just going to grab a clip of, because I don't know what it was. <laughs> have you been laughing this whole time? <laughs> yes, I haven't stopped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <clears throat>
I'm like sweating from embarrassment already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where where are we? <laughs> well, we're at the part where Jill tells him to shut up and that she's scared and she wants to know where she is. Bobcat tells her she's in the land of Nod, where everyone goes to sleep. And then Jill asks who he is, and he's like, Isn't it obvious? I'm a sandman! And he sprinkles some sand into the air and says, This is my home. And Jill says, The sandman? Like the guy who puts sand in your eyes to make you go to sleep? And I was like, Well, yeah, you just you just took out that book about the sandman tales, so yeah, it's a fucking sandman. I mean, it could be like Sandman from Spider-Man comics. Mm. But those have been out already? I guess so. Spider-Man's been out for a very long time. All right. Yes. Spider-Man existed in the 90s. So he does a little dance and he says, At your service! And Jill's like, but that's fairy tale shit. That's nonsense. Bobcat's like, now we're getting somewhere! And he sprinkles some sand in his own face and he falls asleep. And Jill touches him, he screams, and he says, Needs more snooze! And Jill, for whatever reason, can't believe this, even though it's been hammered into us that she can't seem to differentiate reality from a fairy tale. And she's like, this is ridiculous. It's gotta be a joke. It's, it's, and Bobcat pipes up and says, Exactly what you wished for! And Jill's like, what? And Bobcat explains the scene that we watched earlier, where she grabs the book and she makes her wish on the star, and she's wished that she, everybody would leave her alone. And Jill just can't believe this shit. But Bobcat lets her know she's in her own fairy tale and offers to show her how it turns out. She goes to grab it at the book, but he snatches it away and says, no, that'd be cheating. That's the assholeiest thing he does in this episode, I gotta say. He laughs like, at her the whole time. Taking, taking away her family and sucking her into another world and saying she can't leave is pretty bad. Yeah, but being like, "Hey, you can read this book," and then like, "No, that's just it's just cold, brother." So he takes the book away, he slams it shut, and he says, "Besides that, fairy tales can't be changed." I think he's an asshole this whole fucking episode, though. Like he, okay, he grants her this wish that she wished, and then you'd think he'd be nice because he did what she wanted, but he's just a jerk. Yeah, like it doesn't make I... sense to me. I don't know anything about the Sandman fairy tale or whatever, but is granting wishes something that he does? Because I just know he's like, uh, he makes you go to sleep or whatever. That's the only thing I know, too. I have no so idea. he makes you go to sleep and apparently grants wishes and is also an asshole. Yeah, he will happily grant your wish and take you to his own personal world, but then he's going to be a huge jerk to you the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Seems a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, right. So Jill wants to know where her family is, and Bobcat lets her know that they're here, and they won't be bothering her anymore, just like what she wished. And they go back and forth, and Jill's whining at this point about wanting to go home, and Bobcat's just turning into an asshole and saying, you should have been more careful about what you wished for. <laughs> and Jill's I like how it slowly transformed into the Bobcat <laughs> You better be careful what you wish for. <laughs> oh, man. Then Jill turns around and runs away, and she runs out the Z door, and she's in full run, right? But it looks like she's in slow motion a little bit. It's very dreamlike. Like in a dream. I don't know how they did it. Did they just 
make it slow-mo? Or were they like, run, but really slowly? I don't know. I don't know either. There's a bunch of people levitating and sleeping, and they're all floating around her as she runs around. And, oh man, I was really hoping that she would like, fucking push these levitating people at the Sandman at some point, but she doesn't. That would be pretty like, funny. How cool would that have been? <laughs> like pushing them up there at a table. At just like spinning them at Bobcat. That would be so amazing. <laughs> That's not throwing people at me. <laughs> um, so the first thing that, sh- that Jill does is she runs back into that hallway that she entered this area on and she jumps on the mattress and Bobcat laughs at her saying that he she can't go back that way and she slowly jumps down from the mattress and, and a door lights up and she runs over to it and opens it up and she enters this room that just has more doors in it and it looks like each one of the doors is kind of themed and Bobcat says want to try another fairy tale they're all so much fun and then Jill looks over at a door with two giant question marks on it and she opens it up and inside we see the queen of hearts and she's in a giant card and she has this huge axe in her hands and she starts coming, she starts coming towards Jill saying off with her head, which makes Jill scream for, um, a quite a bit of time. Yeah. Understandably. Yeah. Like she screams for like five seconds and then she just slams the door shut and Bobcat Is laughs at her. Alice in Wonderland, a fairy tale. I guess it is. Yeah, it was written by like Lewis C. Clark or something. Carol. No, Lewis Carroll. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I guess it was a. It was. I don't know if it would be considered a fairy tale, but it was a, you know, a fantasy novel. I guess. There's quite a few Alice in Wonderlands actually, because she fights like a Jabberwocky and stuff in them. I don't know nothing about no Alice in Wonderland. So Jill slow runs over to another door, and inside is a witch with a pizza paddle. <laughs> You're not in front, wrong. In front, of an, in front of an oven. And she's Just making it ah. DiGiorno. <laughs> she's like, is that delivery? <laughs> she says, ah, I was expecting Hansel and Gretel, but you'll do nicely. Come closer, my dear. <laughs> and she laughs and shakes and stuff. And my favorite part yeah. about that, that whole thing is that Jill is just totally unfazed by it because she doesn't scream or anything. She just calmly shuts the door. Yeah. My favorite part is, was the witch really expecting Hansel and Gretel? I thought they just kind of wandered in there. And she Good was point. like, oh, I, I guess I'll just eat these kids. <laughs> She was, like, getting ready, though. She had that pizza paddle to fucking put him in yeah. the brick oven and everything. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, here you go, woman. A pizza paddle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So this is the last door that she opens up, but I think that the scene at the very beginning when she had her dream, like, they... They filmed her opening up, not maybe not necessarily opening the door, but like the scene inside of the door was, you know, the the witch with the apple. I feel like that was something that would have come out of one of these doors. Yeah. So I don't know if like they were just like, okay, two's enough, and we'll just use that one for a dream sequence or what. But so Bobcat says you should have left a trail of breadcrumbs, or maybe you should stick with your own fairy tale. So Jill stops for a moment. And then slow runs to another door 
And inside it is Stacy and Rick. And Rick is the boy that everybody has seems to have a crush on. And her brother, John. And, mm-hmm. and basically just uh, almost all the characters from the episode. She runs over to mom and dad. And then she starts screaming and whining, saying, I didn't want this. This isn't what I wished for. And then Bobcat's face phases into existence, kind of like in Super Specs. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you did. And he laughs, and she screams, and then she slowly runs away. It's a giant bobcat head. Yes. That would scare the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah, why is he doing this to her? I don't know. What does he get out of this? <sighs> people? I his, don't know. Bodies? His job is to, like, sprinkle powder on people. That's it. That's your job, bro. That's why I don't get it. He took her... He willingly granted her wish... And then instead of being like nice and accepting into her his new home or her new home, he's just is an asshole to her. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know. She opens yet another door and back into the room with the gears and and through the curtains to the Sandman's room, and she yells, "I want to go home!" And then she runs over to the giant hourglass and she says, "I'll break it! I swear!" And the Sandman poofs into the room in a sprinkle of sand and says, Wait, Jill, you don't know what you're doing. And yeah, she's like, like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> he's like, You're pathetic, you, besides. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jill's like, You send me home, and my family and friends home too. But Bobcat tells her that he can't, and that fairy tales can't be changed. They are what they are. Now leave it alone. And he tries to walk over to her. But Jill acts like she's about to smash the hourglass, and she says, not until you let us go. He then tells her, but you... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He then tells her, but you wanted everyone to live happily ever after. That's the way they'll sleep peacefully forever in the land of Nod. And Jill's like, they're just prisoners, and so am I. My acting chops are just set to the limit on this episode. I know. I love it. <laughs> Bobcat starts advancing on her saying, this isn't how your fairy tale is supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Bobcat starts advancing on her saying, this isn't how your fairy tale is supposed to end. But if you insist on being foolish, I have to put you to sleep too. And we look over at Jill, who's thinking about it for a moment, and then she smiles, which Bobcat doesn't like. And then just Jill says, so the fairy tale can be changed after all. Bobcat's like, I didn't say that. But Jill says, if you could change it, then so can I. And Bobcat pleads for her to put the hourglass down. And Jill's like, oh, I'm going to put this shit down. All right. I'm going to close the book. And she throws the hourglass down and it shatters. And a little explosion happens, and Bobcat's screaming, "No!" And we're given a little backwards montage of crap that's happened in the episode. And then Jill wakes up, and she's screaming in her bed. Yeah. My throat's getting sore from Bobcat. I don't know how he does so, it. So she uh, breaks his hourglass, which he, he seems pretty uh, upset by. So it's probably pretty important. So what does mm-hmm. that mean? for the guy who makes everybody go to sleep. Does that mean hmm. nobody gets any sleep anymore? Because if so, like, fuck you, Jill. <laughs> uh, You've ruined my well, life. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. So if they break the hourglass, then he'll never know what time it is, and he'll never be able to put anybody to sleep. 
Maybe that's where he gets all of his sand to put people to sleep. I don't know. And maybe he just likes hourglasses. I don't know. Maybe that was his favorite one. That is probably what it was. So Jill's mom and dad walk in wondering what's up. And Jill starts laughing and saying, it was just a dream. It was all a dream. And mom asks if she's okay as John walks in saying, no, she's not. She's a nutcase. And Jill laughs about that too, proving John's point. At least she's not a nut, nut bag. Yeah, right? But Jill says she's fine. It's just a stupid nightmare. I'm sorry. And her mother finally gives her a little bit of understanding and affection. And she tells her to go back to sleep. They're about to walk out of Jill's room. And Jill stops them and says, guys, I know I've been kind of a pain. I think it's time to give up this fairy tale stuff. Mom walks over and says, that's fine, honey. But don't give up on the kid inside altogether. And she smooches Jill on the forehead. As we hear dad complaining about never being able to go back to sleep. And they all leave her room, and Jill's about to lay down, but she looks over her bed a little bit before she laughs at herself, and then she goes to sleep. The wind blows through her window, and the camera pans over to the Sandman book that blows open, and Bobcat's voice tells us, The little girl went back to sleep, never to believe in fairy tales again. If only she knew, she never would have went back into that bed again. And So the moral of the story in the end is to give up the things you love to make everyone else happy. Yeah, that's a great moral of the story. The moral that's of the story shit. is being a 13-year-old girl is the worst cuz everybody yeah. hates you. Don't be that. Yeah. Stop liking what you like. <laughs> yeah. Just listen to new kids on the block and conform. Uh, yep. Now, the ending <clears throat> I didn't like this uh, ending. It was so dumb. I mean, it's really vague. Are we just left to be like, oh, so, I don't know, she goes to sleep and is trapped again, or what? I don't even want to think about it, because it's just so stupid. Like, it was completely unnecessary. Give Jill a happy ending. Everyone hates her. Let her be happy. Yeah, the ending's already bad enough as it is with her having to change her personality to finally get some affection. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's a bad ending. You she, don't need to make it shit on top of that. It's bad enough she has to go back to her horrible life with her fucking abusive family and her awful friends. <laughs> Poor Jill. Yeah. The gang back in the Midnight Society look at each other as Kristen says, don't take fairy tales lightly because you never know which ones are made up and which ones are real. David, of course, says the story was excellent. Of course he did. <laughs> Great job, Chris Chris. We did wonderful, Kristen. And then he grabs her hand. <laughs> <laughs> Kiki looks almost entertained and Betty Ann gives her a supportive smile. Frank goes over to Kristen and says, I just have one question. Where's the part about the kids getting their heads chopped off? And the gang all laughs about it. And instead of telling us what happened to Eric... And then they stand in a line and they talk amongst each other until the ending credit comes up. And that's the episode. Yeah. I liked it. I liked the episode. Yeah, me too. Uh, It reminded me a lot of the movie The Labyrinth. I thought the same, yeah. Like, it obviously had Alice in Wonderland, like, oh, going into another place or whatever. But very specifically, like, a girl into fairy tales and fantasy stuff. Yeah, and then she hates her family and she's like, I hate you. I hate all of you. I hate you. I hate me. you. 
Yeah, it reminded me of Sarah's uh, attitude towards Toby. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she makes a wish, and then it comes true, and she's like, oh, fuck, I actually love my family or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and, I don't know where yeah. she came up with that bullshit, but... <laughs> right. Uh, very Labyrinth. Yep, yeah, I, I totally agree. It is very Labyrinth. They did a great job with the, the dreamlike sequence of being in the Land of Nod. I thought that was pretty great. Yeah. Jill is... Uh, she gets a little whiny. It kind of reminded me of Luke Skywalker in Episode Four, but... Um, yeah, I liked not her. Wrong. <laughs> but you know, she has reasons to whine. Yeah, right. Like, I don't like it when people whine, especially kids. But she, of anybody that I've ever known, because I know her personally, she has the most reason to whine, and I will, I will allow her to whine. Yeah, I don't like when people whine, and I don't like when people trap me in another dimension. So, Ugh, yeah, right. Especially not when it's Bobcat. Bobcat was an inspired choice for the Sandman. <laughs> He did a good job. In fact, they just announced that the Netflix is going to be producing a Sandman series based on Neil Gaiman's classic comic book. Oh, really? That's good. Which is my, my favorite comic book. And uh, I would love it if Bobcat <laughs> played the Sandman. The particular character? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why don't you... I'll tweet him, okay? I'll tw- I, if Bobcat has a Twitter, I'll tweet him and be like, dude... Will you play Sandman and Netflix's Sandman? Reprise your role <laughs> as Morpheus, King of Dreams. <laughs> I will do just that. You'd be like, oh, that's great. We'll right there. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> so the tale of the final wish. What a stinker of a name. <laughs> yeah, it actually isn't very evocative at all. No, nah, uh-uh. I think we could probably come up with something better. What do you think? Yeah. Let's uh, give it a try. All right. The Tale of the Hated Teenager. Uh, The Tale of the Unloved Child. The Tale of Bobcat. The Tale of the Shitty Friends. The Tale of the Land of Nod would be fine. Yeah. (laughs) That would actually be a very descriptive title. Yeah. The Tale of the... Nope, that'd be every episode. (laughs) The Tale of the Useless Parents, but... uh... (laughs) The tale of the missing parents would be every other episode. <laughs> That's about all I got, I think, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually struggling to think of something. <laughs> I mean, the fir- the one I had in mind was pretty much exactly what you said anyway. So, um, <clears throat> up next, Brandon, is the tale of the Midnight Madness. Mm. Who do you think is going to tell that story? Well, it's not going to be Kristen. Because she doesn't even know why they tell stories at midnight. <laughs> um, I think this one is a Kiki. Oh, okay. Sure. Keeks. The Keekmeister. Keekaroonie. Keeks, my good girl. So, what do you think the tale of the Midnight Madness is going to be about, Brandon? I would like to think it's about some teenagers going to a drive-in movie theater, seeing a midnight mm-hmm. showing of some horror movie. And through some crazy magic, the monsters come out of the movie and chase them. Awesome. And it's awesome. All right. That sounds good. I'm looking forward to this one. Sounds great. It sounds incredible. If it's not that, I'm going to fucking hate this episode. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to tell you because I mean, I do remember this episode, but not entirely. I think it's a classic, though. I think it's another classic. Okay. I like classic things. 
Yeah, me too. I think it's one of those ones that people fondly remember of, of this show. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. Another Hungry Hounds then. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I'm sure there will be a, a Hungry Hound this season too. Don't worry. Don't you worry your little beautiful face, Brandon. There's going to be another Hungry Hounds. All right. Yes. <laughs> well, Brandon, I'm tired. I'm I'm legitimately tired. I've been really tired a lot lately. Yeah, it's and Bobcat's I've been up fault. all night. <laughs> I'm going to go check under my bed, make sure Bobcat's not under there. I hope he is. Oh, man. Do you know how awesome that would be, though? Bobcat was yeah, in my room. I would ask him about Police Academy. I would be like, how long have you been under there? <laughs> When did you get in? <sighs> Been here since '95. <laughs> okay, without. <laughs> I can't leave. <laughs> oh, but I'm going to bed, Brandon. I'm tired. I've been up all night. All right. So have you, right? Yeah. All right. I'll talk to you next week when we cover the tale of the Midnight Madness. Sounds good. I hope it's actually like mall madness. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Good night. Bye. Like a couple silly gooses.